the quantum mechanics. Yes, we are the quantum mechanics, the podcast that tinkers under the hood of the paranormal and attempts to find out what on earth is going on. And this week, it probably hasn't escaped your notice that it is Valentine's Day. So we thought we would take a little bit of a look at, well, the paranormal and love in the loosest possible sense of the word love. Love of ghosts, yeah. So today we wanted to uh, give you a little bit of the mythology and uh, the folklore about the love of ghosts. We're going to share some stories of people who say that they've fallen in love and had a sexy time with ghosts. And as a public service to our listeners, we're going to provide a guide to how you might be able to attract a ghost for a fun one-night stand. So get your notebooks ready. Yeah, definitely. So this, I, uh, until I started looking at this, I didn't know it had a name. Spectrophilia. Had you heard of that before? Because You haven't. know what? I hadn't. I mean, I'd, I'd kind of, I'd almost had a kind of romantic novel view of it but it, it, it i didn't know it i didn't know there was a an official thing as it were but there is right right yeah there is yes no so i'm with you i was thinking it was all kind of wuthering heights and yeah, heathcliff and, on the moors and all of that and and patrick swayze and demi moore that's what i kind of uh, oh yeah yeah no completely but uh no spectrophilia apparently is is the name and it does describe the attraction between humans and ghosts. Although, apparently, it can also describe uh, the attraction to objects seen in mirrors, which I'm sort of not really sure how that works, but yeah. But I'm, yeah, I'm going to... I didn't quite... I, weirdly, I... Cause just to let you know that Ben and I have been working on this separately, so we're not quite sure what we're bringing to the party, but I'd found that out as well. And I oh, had right. I, I had the same feeling as you did. It's like, what a mirror's got to do with this? Yeah, because it doesn't <laughs> say seeing ghosts in mirrors, right? It just means seeing. No, no. It's it's the it's, as I understand it, it's the attraction to an object seen in a mirror. Well, I mean, sure, but it's much more interesting to talk about the attraction between humans and ghosts because, as you said, and then we kind of like alluded to. That's a big thing in uh, like literature and popular culture, really. A lot of times, like as as you say, there's ghost, and then like more in more modern times, there's sort of the um, uh, sixth sense where it, you know you've got uh, the spoiler alert: you've got a dead person married to an alive person, and it's a yeah. big trope, right? It's a big trope. I was thinking about the, the movies that were kind of looser that I liked. Have you ever seen A Matter of Life and Death with David Niven? No. Oh, that is that that is a great movie where he's he's a it's a wartime movie where he's a pilot. I can't remember the exact plot, but he dies and then he he goes on trial to be let back onto Earth. So he's he's tried by the angels to see whether he can get back to his love on earth it's it's such a great movie check it out if you get a chance matter of life and death it's brilliant okay nice yeah yeah it is uh, and uh, it's funny though because it's uh, i i wanted to get into what what it started thinking a lot of these things that we think about i started going well where did this all start 
who was the first, you know, where are these stories of kind of paranormal activity and love of ghosts come from? And I, I think you're right, in kind of modern or reasonably modern tropes, it, it is very romantic. It's Patrick Swayze and Demi Moore, you know, doing pottery together. But it... <laughs> But it's it's pottery in inverted commas, isn't yeah, it? Exactly. It always feels like there's a there's a sexy subplot. Yeah, there is. A, yeah, but actually, when you go back, it the early examples of it are quite sinister, and it goes back to two creatures, the succubus and the incubus. These are mythological beings that seek out humans to seduce and engage in sexual activity with them. The succubus is a female demon that seeks out humans, and the incubus is a male version. Now, I didn't know that the legend goes back many centuries, and we were talking about fictional work. It's in what's known as one of the earliest works of fiction that we still have today, the Epic of Gilgamesh, which uh, in the story, Gilgamesh's father is said to be a demon who attacks women in their sleep for his own gratification. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, That's I didn't know. Yeah, and the succubus, which is the the female version uh, of the same mythical spirit, is depicted in a lot of Jewish mystical works. So Zahar and the medieval text, Alphabet of Ben Siri. So, and I didn't know this either. Lilith, who was Adam's first wife in the Bible, uh, she became a succubus. Really. Yeah, she left Adam and refused to return to the Garden of Eden after she mated with the Archangel Samuel. <laughs> mated. Um, okay, and so, and so that is that the original definition of uh, a, a, a succubus? Then I think so. Yeah, I think when it goes back to these really, really some of the earliest written works, basically. So uh, basically, it's a concept that's been around for hundreds and hundreds of years, if not thousands of years. Um, and I also found examples of them in many different cultures. So uh, in German folklore, there's a creature called the Alp, which is a vampire-like creature who visits its victims at night, wears a cape called a Tarnakappa, uh, and uh, it has said to have magical powers. So that, that one sounds a bit like, um, like a vampire, basically. That sounds a lot like a vampire, yeah. And whether yeah. whether that was some of the early kind of influence of things like Dracula, I don't know. Um, yeah, well, well, the the whole thing about the vampire is that sort of underlying young girl, predatory male sort of thing. And like in recent times, like at school, we were always told that it was like a metaphor for uh venereal disease but actually like maybe that's even more a modern interpretation maybe it does go back to these these stories yeah yeah african folklore there's a thing called the popobawa it's a shape-shifting evil spirits who stalks victims at night again from the shadows uh the only way i thought this was interesting the only way to stop the popobawa from repeatedly attacking you is to tell people you've been victimized by one which, which, which is weird, but it reminded me, you know, when we did the Japanese episode the other week. Oh yeah, yeah. There was there was that kind of same thing where you pass on the details, a bit like the ring, to kind of free yourself from from that. You pass it on to someone else, basically. We've got the Liduk, 
which is a, a, a Hungarian folklore. Uh, I think it roughly translates to satanic lover. Uh, it has the body of a human but leaves the footsteps of a horse. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if it's with a lucky kind of, you know. I've been out with girls like that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Norse folklore has a mare, which is a demonic being that sits on a sleeping person's chest and causes them to have nightmares and sometimes has kind of sexual connotations to it as well. Right. So this is going back to the old sleep paralysis yeah. stuff. Yeah. Right. I will talk a little bit about that later because it, it, it... Oh, wait, no, let's do it now. So there was a study uh, that said that 11% of people have had experience in their lifetime that may be described as similar to attack by an incubus or a succubus demon. Though the study itself characterised this phenomena as a form of sleep paralysis. Interesting. Okay. And it's so, becoming a recurring theme, isn't it? We've had it the is. hat man, we've had lots of examples where sleep paralysis comes into play. Even with the one we did on the Men in Black the other week, there was a sleep paralysis story, wasn't there? Yeah. Or, or at least something that could be in that realm, right? Yes, absolutely. And obviously it comes into a lot of um, sort of mainstream explanations of uh, alien abduction. And alien abduction has elements of what might be associated with succubus and incubus. Like I'm thinking about, you know, the sexy times with aliens that comes up in the stories. So that I didn't realise that. That's quite fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. And there, there are... So there, there are some other studies that have been done. I thought this was amazing. 15% of the British population claim to have had a sexual encounter with a ghost. 15%. That's a lot. Not only is a lot, and as a left-handed person, I found this quite amazing. That's more than the percentages of the population that's left-handed. Good grief. That, that is remarkable. That is remarkable. So if you've got ten people at a dinner party, like one and a half of them will have slept with a ghost. Well, I hadn't thought about it that way. Yeah, It's going to be tough to bring that up, though, isn't it? I it's mean, going to have to involve a drink. You know that drinking game where it's drink if you <laughs> drink. If oh, you I have, have never. Yeah, I, yeah. I've never slept with a ghost. That's the way to find it out. <laughs> <laughs> Awkward. Yeah. Well, I think that probably also explains the uh, the picture of the Last Supper. There's a couple of people there feeling awkward. Ah, there you go. Oh, we're back. We're back to the biblical reference. It's that, it's that bloody archangel's fault all over. Uh, and, uh, there, there's obviously a few kind of celebrities who've said they've uh, have had sex with a ghost. I, I think you've got a couple. I've got one as well. Paranormal Activity actress Natasha Blasik has allegedly claimed to have had sex with a ghostly presence twice. Uh, she said. I just could feel this presence coming closer and closer and then I started feeling the actual touch without being able to see much. The touch itself, like that, it's kind of human, like, you know, hands, and I could feel it all over my body. Interesting. Interesting. Well, um, a similarly 
erotic experience I found. I didn't realise, never occurred to me, but Lucy Liu, off of Charlie's Angels, oh, yeah. in 1999, told US Weekly that um, she'd had an encounter with a ghost while she was trying to take a nap on her futon. I don't know if the futon is central to the story. Like, ha- I think I've brought this up before. Having previously owned a futon and my partner... <laughs> Wasn't absolute- the killer one. No, no. <laughs> she hated my futon. So maybe this was like a, a sexy futon-loving ghost. But apparently... So her actual quote is, some sort of spirit came down from God knows where and made love to me. Uh, and then she says, uh, quite frankly, always struck me as being, uh, I felt I was always a little bit too well balanced for this sort of thing. But apparently she said it was sheer bliss. I felt everything and I climaxed and he floated away. So that's quite a lot of detail. It is quite a lot of detail. And um, th- th- yeah, I mean, some sort of futon loving Charlie's Angel fan and yeah lucy lou apparently liked it wow it's uh, yeah it's better than the killer japanese futon that we talked about the other week but but it was also if you're nice to your futon then it's got it's a nice spirit so obviously she was really nice to her futon and it it returned the compliment (laughs) with with some kind of sexy spirit yeah um I think you might have seen this same story, but um, the uh, the article I got this from describes, and, and I have to keep this in because it's perfect, uh, Keisha, uh, it describes her as joining the American Academy of Ghost Boners in 2012. <laughs> right. She wrote a song about it, didn't she? Um, Supernatural, I think. Is that her song? Oh, maybe, maybe. I don't have that detail, but maybe. Yeah, yeah, I think, I think she wrote a song about it. Um, okay, oh, well, that would explain then, because um, it does say that she was uh, in an interview with Ryan Seacrest talking about her song Supernatural, so there you go. And, um, yeah, you're quite right. She says the song, so it doesn't mention the song in the article I was looking right. at, but it says she was inspired by having sexy time with a ghost. And... Um, she she apparently used the words in an interview later in the year she went to the bone zone with a ghost and later then in the same year as 2012 she appeared on jimmy kimmel live and described her um her lady area as being haunted so um wow yeah She's she's making, if you'll pardon the pun, no bones about it. Right. There's going to be lots of euphemisms in this, this episode, I think. Yeah. <laughs> um, it does, it, it, you know, not that we're going to get into debunking any of this, but um, it doesn't hurt the record sales, does it? Uh, no, no. Yeah, well, I... I, I did find a really good bit in one of the articles. It said, overall, scientists have tried to disprove this phenomenon. <laughs> I'd, I'd love to begin that. Professor Christopher French, Professor of Psychology at Goldsmiths College, University of London, and co-author of 
a nominalistic psychology exploring paranormal beliefs and experience, says that this is actually part of sleep paralysis. So that comes up again. Twenty, yeah. He says 20 to 40% of people say they've experienced sleep paralysis and it is the state between sleep and wakefulness when you realise you can't move. In a smaller percentage of the population, you get associated symptoms that can be very scary. One commonly reported is a sense of a presence, something or someone in the room with you. You can also get hallucinations where you see dark shadows or monstrous figures. You can get auditory hallucinations where you hear voices and footsteps. But I get guess the last this last bit, you also get tactile hallucinations. So right. he's saying that he's putting this down to people having sleep paralysis and f- having a tactile hallucination. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I see. I see. And like I can I can see the scientific side of it because um like you know it's it's no secret that um sort of pubescent people have sexy dreams and and whatever but it does i do think there's a difference between that and sort of coming forward you know so publicly and saying and saying you've done this Yeah, yeah absolutely and and also like uh, in terms of like what we were saying before about its place in literature and culture, it feels like it's a little bit more than just a transitory sort of hypnagogic, hypnagogic, easy for me to say, state. It yeah. feels like it's something more, more than that. Well, th- there's one quote from not a celebrity, but somebody who says that they've experienced this. That kind of got me thinking about that, actually. Um, This person says, I felt a pressure all over my body as if the person was lying on top of me, but lighter and softer than a human. It was like nothing I'd ever experienced. I know how bizarre it sounds, but it felt real. When I woke up, I knew it hadn't been a dream. I didn't feel at all guilty about cheating because the whole thing felt so natural. And that just... And I, and I wonder again why it goes back so so much in literature and fiction because it is it's the perfect you know no strings attached fantasy, isn't it? And you mm. know if you're someone in a long term relationship and you believe this is happening to you, like she said, it, I didn't I didn't feel at all guilty about cheating because it, it wasn't cheating with a person; it wasn't a real thing. Mm, mm. That no, sense. that makes sense, but but I think it also comes down to like if um, if everything that we hear about ghosts and poltergeists in terms of um, their interaction with you know the physical world, if we take those as read, it doesn't seem to be too far beyond the realms of possibility that they would also have designs in this area yeah um i think probably the thing that is confusing for me is the fact that um it seems like very rarely apart from sort of the ghost sightings that um are recorded in like the books from ruth um and and whatever you you don't tend to get like those full corporeal apparitions you tend to get 
you know, um, things moving and noises and stuff like that. So it, it feels to me like there'd probably be quite a lot of investment in terms of energy and um, desire to be able to do this. But then, you know, it is a key human desire. So maybe, maybe that is, maybe that's possible. Yeah. I keep coming back to that 15% of people say they've yeah. experienced this. I, I'm go, we're going to have to check out that fact. I mean, I'm, I must confess, I only got it from one source. But because I don't know how many people confess to seeing a ghost full stop. Mm, but mm. 15 seems a huge percentage of people. 15 does seem like a huge percentage, but it feels like it's probably, you know, from from my memory, it, that isn't a figure that is a million miles away from the number of people who feel like they've had alien abduction encounters and and then i wonder whether somebody like chris french would say well that's because they're the same it comes from the same place it's part of yeah like your brain operating and it isn't an external thing because i i guess what he would say is well if you add it all up then there's a huge proportion of people who've had sex with aliens who've been to Saturn and had an affair with a ghost and that can't all be true. It must be, you know, it must be a a trick of the mind. Well, I I started thinking about this. So just, you know, I think what we've referred to um, have been kind of one-off experiences. So I started to think about whether people actually had ongoing relationships with ghosts rather than a, I don't know whether you call it a one-night stand, but not a one-night stand, but you know what I mean? A kind of more of a fleeting association. Maybe that's a better mm-hmm, way of describing mm-hmm. it. Um, and I found this great story of... Uh, people in the UK may have seen this story before, but our other, if you haven't, it's well worth going into. Um, and people outside the UK may not know this story. But this is... Uh, a story that originally broke in 2018 um, about somebody, a woman called Amethyst Realm, who uh, said she fell in love with a ghost and planned to marry one. She uh, is a 27-year-old, or was at the time, spiritual counsellor from Bristol in England. Uh, She appeared on a popular daytime TV show here in the UK called This Morning, and Uh, she went on the show to say how she hoped to settle down and perhaps even have a baby someday with a ghost. She met and fell in love with her spirit partner on a visit to Australia. Apparently the ghost hitched a ride back on the plane back to England with her uh, and the couple plans to get married. She also explained her plans to start a ghostly family. She said, I've been looking into phantom pregnancies. And I believe that a phantom pregnancy is actually a real pregnancy, but you have a phantom inside of you rather than a real baby. (laughs) Yep. Um, Apparently this trip to Australia wasn't her first uh, encounter with a spiritual being. Uh, It all... (laughs) Oh, I love this story. It all started in 2005 while her real flesh and blood fiancé was working away from home. Amethyst says that she started to feel a presence of a supernatural being in the spare room. 
That's not a euphemism. That is the spare room. Um, she was not afraid of it, quite the contrary. Convinced that this spirit had the hots for her, one evening she decided to make the first move. She dressed up in sexy underwear and sat and waited. She recalls that she felt its presence just as she was dropping off to sleep. She goes on to explain that what followed was the first of many sexual encounters with the spirit. (laughs) It wasn't long before her real flesh and blood fiancé moved out of the house on the ground she was having an affair. He had seen the shadowy figure of a man through the bedroom window, reports Amethyst, much to the annoyance of herself as she'd never actually seen her her, um, uh, her spirit lover in physical form. (laughs) So actually her flesh and blood fiancé had seen him, but she hadn't. So the first fiancé, real life, moves out because she's having an affair with this spirit. Uh, Amethyst says this first relationship lasted for three years and then they just drifted apart. So it's just the same as normal relationships can be. Um, But for Amethyst, a relationship with a real man couldn't compare to her spiritual experience and she turned to seeking love from ghosts. Uh, Amethyst claims to have had sexual encounters with at least 15 ghosts, including a number of one-night stands. She explains that sex with a spirit is on a different level. Ghost lovers tend to be more sensual and adept than the average bloke. There's always more of a connection because the sex goes beyond physical. It's like any other kind of sex, but the main difference is I just can't see them. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Amethyst says that she immediately felt a strong connection when she encountered her current lover in Australia, unlike anything she had felt in her previous encounters. She gave in to the moment and did not think it would develop any further. According to Amethyst, spirits tend to be quite static. I'm not quite sure what that means. I don't know whether that, whether that means they're not good lovers, whether they just, maybe it's a good thing. However, something extraordinary happened. During the flight home, she uh, felt she was not alone and that her lover was right beside her. It seems that her friends and family are quite accepting of the unorthodox relationship. Amethyst told People magazine that most of my friends are happy that I've found love. If they think I'm mad, they seem to be keeping it to themselves. <laughs> Nine months into their relationship, while the couple were hiking at Wookie Hole Caves, <laughs> <laughs> her spirit asked her to marry him. This was the first time she'd heard his voice. She told the Sun newspaper, there was no go down, going down on one knee. He didn't go down on one knee. He doesn't have knees. (laughs) But for the first time I heard him speak, I could actually hear his voice and it was beautiful, deep, sexy and real. Uh, Amethyst was planning a pagan hand-fasting marriage ceremony. I don't know what that is. I don't know if you know what that is. but uh, They were choosing a ring that was symbolically going to be set with an amethyst stone to match her name. But I found an update. So that, that was in 2018. I found an update to this story from last year. <laughs> Unfortunately, as with real-life relationships, th- things didn't go as smoothly as planned when the, two, uh, when the couple fell out of love on a holiday to Thailand in 2020. Amethyst says, It was going really well until we went on holiday, and that was last May, and he just completely changed. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to love this. 
I think he fell in with a bad crowd while we were on holiday. <laughs> he would disappear for long periods of time and bring back other spirits into the house. Yeah, he just changed. She goes on to say, I think maybe he started doing drugs and partying a bit much. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> These spirits would stay in her house for days. They would be crashing and banging and strange noises. She tried to make the relationship work when they got back to the UK, but she ended up kicking her spiritual lover out of the house by performing a sage cleanse. <laughs> oh, my God. All right, Ben, do you want to pick that one apart? <laughs> I, it, I don't really know where to, where to start. So he's a ghost, but he's doing drugs. Yeah, I couldn't quite figure that one out i mean what drugs do ghosts take i'm trying to think of a terrible pun but i can't <laughs> think of one no i can't think of one either i'm just shocked by Ooh, that bucane oh bucane that's brilliant <laughs> <laughs> oh no you put the pressure on now i can't <laughs> i mean like i don't want to like poo poo anybody but that sounds Ooh, ridiculous. Ectoplasm C. No, that's not. Oh. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Um, I, I don't know. Like, the thing with... Like you said, she, she came to fame via this morning, right? Yeah. Yeah, this morning has a few of these people. Uh, uh, can, we, can we go back to Wookie Hole? <laughs> Of course, of course. So people may not know, but Wookie Hole is it in Devon or Cornwall? I can never remember. Uh, no, it's in neither of those places. Oh. I believe it's in uh, Somerset. It is Somerset. I know you're right. Somerset, of course, it is. I've been to Wookie Hole. You must have been to Wookie Hole. Everybody's oh, been yes, to many Hole. a time. Yes. So uh, uh, it's it's a cave, basically, isn't it? I mean, it's quite a nice cave, and people go there. It's a kind of tourist attraction. I, I, but it's quite busy, right? It, yes. There's a lot of people there. So I'm just trying to picture what's going on. Oh, it's on. very busy, yeah. Yeah, so I'm trying to picture what's going on. She's there. If like, So if I'm watching her, she's there. She suddenly stops. She's, like, looking down because this – well, it didn't go on a knee. She's having a conversation with somebody that's not there, getting all excited about just being asked to be married. That must have been so weird for people watching. Yeah, well, I mean, a lot of the caves, they're all lit up and there's one which is like the witch's cave, which has got like a, a light show in it. That's right, yeah. Um, and then across the road, you've kind of got that, um, you got the cheddar cheese shop because we're sort of yep. in the middle of the cheddar gorge. That's right, cheddar gorge. Um, and then there's Jacob's Ladder, all of that stuff. But yeah, it's a huge, like you get um, coaches and stuff. I, I love that bit about Thailand as well. So they get there in Thailand. He goes, oh, I'm just off out. <laughs> and he disappears <laughs> off. And she's like waiting for him. And he doesn't come back. She's in Thailand on her own. And suddenly she hears a knock and bang. Hey, I just bought some spirit mates back with me. Is that all right? <laughs> We've had a few, but we just want to hang out for a bit. You can see <sighs> that didn't last. But the thing that is weird is that as he's a spirit, presumably he didn't get on the aircraft 
with her. He just went there. So well, I don't know because she said that that was when she first she'd had she'd had a fling with him in Australia, and and then she knew it was more serious because he came back with her on the plane to the UK. So maybe he could just go there, but then he'd have these mates there anyway, wouldn't he? Well, yeah, like he doesn't. Like, it doesn't make any sense, really. (laughs) Like, if he was, if he had to get on a plane to go there, he's a ghost. So he can go there anytime he likes. And presumably, he could just say to her, Look, you know what? My energy's a bit low. I'm going to, you know, go to the other place for a week. Yeah. Then he disappears to Ibiza. Has a wild old party time with his Ibiza pals. Comes back. Yeah. She's none the wiser. She's never going to find out. I just wonder if he was just a pale Aussie. Ah, <laughs> and yeah. They, and then they get back to the UK, and he's he's just got it made because he doesn't have to do anything. She's like, you know, what? Can you just do the dishwasher? I can't because I can't pick anything up. Yeah. I. Well, the way to find out is, did he spend a lot of time in the walkabout bar? Because if he did, <laughs> that's him. he definitely was a pale Aussie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, like, does is there any follow-up? Did did she ever get a, um, no, a human partner after know, this, or no, was that it? She's just, she, just, she just kicked him out. That's the last I heard. They, with she, sage. She, with, with a sage cleanse. That's, that's harsh, isn't it? That is harsh, because there's no debate then, is there? You can't talk that one out. Not really. If you're a ghost, the sage cleanse comes in, you've got to go. <laughs> and you yes. can't come back. Goodbye. Yeah. I'm getting rid of you with a sage cleanse. <laughs> I wonder if, as he went out the window, we'll always have Wookie Hole. <laughs> <laughs> It has occurred to me that anyone in America now thinks that Wookiee Hole possibly has something to do with Star Wars, and <laughs> no, it, 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 it it really, really doesn't. doesn't. Uh, yeah, if you're a Star Wars fan and you've heard of this place called Wookiee Hole in the UK, I mean, go because it is it's it's a great place to visit, but it, you're going to be disappointed from a Star Wars perspective. You are like if you and like, you mentioned laser shows as well. You have confused yes. the issue already, Ben. Yeah, well, the, there is a laser show, but I, have you have you been to that bit, which is supposedly the witch's cave? Because there's a legend, which I don't think is actually true, that there was a wi- a witch that lived in one of the caves. I don't know if you've seen that bit. I it was a long time that I went, so I can't remember much about it, including what county it was in. Obviously, as I said. <laughs> well, there's there's this there's this like addendum to the tour, which is all about stalagmites and stalactites and all that, which is all very pretty. And then uh, you go into the witch's cave and there is essentially a papier-mâché five-foot abomination with a hat on. And then you wait for the... There's like a a laser show every sort of ten minutes. You stand in there awkwardly while some music and spooky effects play. Then there's a laser thing. And, you know, all of the kids who are around you sarcastically go, ''Oh, no, I'm scared.'' And and then you come out the other end and buy a key ring and then wonder how you ever 
got to pay <laughs> so much money to go into a cave and see a very low rent mannequin of a witch. This week, I've... we are sponsored by the <laughs> Somerset Tourist Board. <laughs> We're sponsored by Wookie Hole. Um, <laughs> I, I don't remember seeing that. Maybe I was there before the laser show. Was it, was it, was it at least a laser show or was it a, a couple of teenage tour guides with torches? No, it's, I say laser show. It's more like, um, it's more like, like flashing lights. It's more like um, strobe lights right. and uh, like you know sort of uh high-pitched wish which is cackling and yeah it's it it's it's a little bit it's a little bit lame look sorry if anyone who's listening that works there is just a little bit lame much 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 better is across the road and down the hill a wee bit is uh the place where they sell proper cheddar cheese that has been matured in the cave and that is delicious Anyway, we return to our Valentine's special. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. Well, look. My man's season's dead. But I, while you were speaking, though, I was thinking this could be a good money revenue thing for us. Rather than having sponsorship, we'll say really mean things about tourist attractions and they can pay us to take it out of the episode later. <laughs> <laughs> Well, look, to be clear, I'm not suggesting anybody doesn't go to Wookie Hole. Wookie Hole is amazing, but it's like that bit of it, it really hasn't progressed beyond... Like, there was a whole thing in the UK in, like, 1981 where all tourist attractions had something that was... I don't know that naff is the word. It was just like, oh, here's the reason that you come... And in this case, it was, oh, the witch of the hole. Like, you don't need a fake witch to make people go and look at a beautiful cave. Like, the um, my other favourite sort of cave place is um, the Devil's Arse up near the Peak District. And most people go there largely, I think, because nine-year-old boys go, well, I want to go up the Devil's Arse. And it's fun. But actually, it's just a beautiful sort of uh like formation in the earth it's just a really lovely place to go you don't need to call it the devil's ass but yeah that's that's britain for you folks yeah yeah it's 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 a hotbed of fun over here you can see why we're doing a podcast <laughs> um, well i would well, just i would like to thank amethyst i don't i don't know if any of that story is true or or not but it's a hell of a tale, isn't it? And oh, it's a wonderful tale. And I, it's a wonderful tale. I, I lo- and, like, I really hope she's happy now. It sounds yeah. lo- like whatever was happening, it sounds horrible. Yeah, yeah. Um, But, you know, let's not leave, as I say, people who have been on this morning. Um, because somebody else who's been on this morning is uh, an Irish lady called Amanda Teague. Okay. And did she fall in love with the ghost too? Yeah, she did. Oh. Yeah, in in 2016, she married a pirate, a ghost pirate, oh. who was... That's quite th- cool though, isn't it? Yeah, well, he was 300 years old and uh, she went on this morning to talk about her unusual relationship with, well, he's called Jack and uh, he is from Captain the Jack. 1700s. Yes, of course, Captain Jack. Of course he yeah, is. Of yeah. course he is. Now, 
Seventeen hundreds, like, did you say? The seventeen hundreds, yeah. Can I can yeah. I just do my joke? Go on. <laughs> why why are ghost pirates so romantic? I I oh I wish I could, I don't know because they are. Oh, <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Oh, see you next week. Yeah. Um. <laughs> we've we've turned into some giddy giddiness. It's all this this love and sex going on. Carry on. <laughs> we have we have a seven a pirate from the seventeen hundreds. We got a pirate from the seventeen hundreds and uh, an Irish lady called Amanda. Now, I think like with all of these stories, you do have to look at where all this comes from and. Like it's no secret because she did speak about this on. So for anybody that doesn't know, this morning is like um, a daytime chat show. It goes on uh, before Loose Women, which in the states is called. Oh, what's it called in the states? Um, oh, I don't know. Oh, it's, the View. The, the View, view yeah, is what yeah. it's called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's kind of it's in that vein. Um, so unfortunately, Amanda lost her son in 2010 and started like exploring spirituality and she talks about exploring um links to the other side um and then she said that's when when she was doing this she encountered jack and she said on the show that a lot of people thought that she might be mad for having these beliefs but she says it's no different to sort of having a belief in like religion or tarot card readings which i totally see her point but in a way it is because she says that her love making was great and i i do think there is a there is a difference between having a tarot card reading and getting married to a 300 year old pirate yeah, anyway um but- but if we go, she, sorry, I was just thinking that. No, if, no. If we go back to our thing about, you know, it's it's kind of, I don't know, kind of liberating, kind of no no strings attached type relationships with ghosts. You can see why they're popular. That, but there is also, but the pirate. There's something incredibly romantic about that whole thing, isn't there? A pirate, because you do yes. go, you go, oh, it's a pirate, isn't he? So you can see why that's, I don't know, I'm just seeing a Mills and Boone novel. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah. And she also describes it in quite romantic terms. She talks about how it was a relationship built on intimacy rather than physicality. Um, And so I think what she's trying to say is that there is, like, it's it's more of a she's she's talking about it being as emotional uh relationship rather than necessarily like a purely physical sexual encounter a sexual encounter yeah yeah um but it didn't like like your example it didn't turn out well oh. so he didn't go she, off sailing the seven seas did he uh he get well no it's worse than that no so uh she ends up being um, sent to hospital for a near fatal bout of sepsis with emergency surgery in 2018 and she blames all of this on jack she says that he had become a energy uh, vampire so her actual quote is she says when spirits stay around too long 
they need an energy source. And unfortunately, Jack was using me as an energy source. Wow. He had never accepted his own death. So he wanted to continue living through my body. So, sorry, she, can I just pause? You? I need to go back on that. So, yeah. so, in order for it to continue living, it needs to get energy from somewhere, or was it yeah. trying to take her over? I couldn't quite get that. Bit. Well, or I'm not sure. I don't think she's claiming sort of its possession or anything like that. I think what she's saying is that um, his draining of her energy so that he can sort of manifest around her, whether that is. Well, as she claims, it's more like a um, an emotional manifestation, or rather than a sort of a physical manifestation. But I think that's why she uses the term energy vampire. So he right. is basically making her ill because he's taking all of her energy. And like I think, reading between the lines, what she's saying is he because she had then ma- she had married him, and he was so used to interacting with you know real live uh corporeal humans he decided that he wanted to spend more time with you know in the real world in inverted commas and so he was draining her and so what she says in the end uh, it was a lot of red flags after the operation i realized it was definitely was him and it took me a while to figure out whether he knew or not that it was definitely him but he did intend to harm me. And so rather than sage him, she had an exorcism. Oh, wow. Okay. And um, she then says that her health massively improved after that. Wow. Uh, She said um, in the interview, her quote was, I was stronger than him. Ultimately, I'm proud of what I did, and I'm really proud that I've managed to get my life back together. I'm much happier now. And I think there's a thing there. Like, it is kind of funny to marry a 300-year-old pirate. But on the other side, like, it does feel like somebody's battle with some sort of emotional affliction and a descent into almost like a mental breakdown and then coming back from it. And I think what's interesting for us and our topics is whether there was really an element of the supernatural in there, whether there really was a spirit that was engaging with her and whether it caused her the pleasure and then ultimately pain that it did or whether it was all in her head. And this goes back to everything that we've talked about in this podcast is is this real is is having some sort of physical intimacy with a ghost a real thing that people experience or is it something that is born out of human consciousness and our ability to generate backstories like we do dreams backstories to account for our mental health and what we're feeling at the time or whether there is a spiritual interaction which is influencing that all the way through. But also, I think, you know, tying back to what we talked about uh, a little bit earlier, the sleep paralysis side of it. Because I know from experience, it's like, it feels incredibly real. It doesn't feel like a dream. You know, I couldn't put my finger on it when I had it, but I, I I had... weeks of like i was really distressed by the whole thing i couldn't make 
head and a tail of it, you know. So I can see how, you know, if people do have what maybe initially starts off as a pleasurable sleep paralysis experience, let's put it that way, Mm. how, you know, rather than being distressed about it at that point, you might kind of crave it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I agree. I agree, and and I think this it probably manifests in many different ways. Like uh, the the differential between somebody having a relationship with you know what they claim is a three hundred year old ghost. It feels, although there'll be theologians who argue with me, it feels very similar to perhaps somebody that claims to have a religious experience and becomes a nun or a monk or something like that. It, it, it feels like it's in the same ballpark. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, on the other hand, being a nun or a monk is not as funny as marrying a 300 year old pirate. <laughs> no, it isn't. And when you said the red flags went up, I thought it must've been a skull and crossbone one. Surely. Um, <laughs> well, after that, kind of cautionary tale let's say well i guess we've had two cautionary tales haven't we those last two were it all like so amethyst story seems to be it all seems absolutely great but in the end he turned out to be a slob who just wanted to hang out with his mates and have fun time without her Mm -hmm. so she had to dump him and this one was even more sinister than your your three your 17th century pirate um i came across so i don't know if i should do this next bit but i came across this great how-to guide article which was from buzzfeed from 2016 um by two authors katie heaney and ariana robolini robolini um who they decided to test out whether it was possible to have sex with a ghost. Right. And uh, they spoke to apparently a very famous Hollywood psychic medium called Patty Negri, uh, who's got a number of kind of famous Hollywood clients, who uh, gave them some advice about how they would go about it. So they basically spent a day preparing for all this and then in the evening tried to lure in a ghost for a one-night stand, basically. So the guidelines that they were told to follow were, uh, and there are some kind of cautionary bits in here, if you're going to do it, which we're not saying you should do it, because as Ben has said, you know, if it's not real, it might mess with your head. If it is real, you might attract something that's not too pleasant. But if you're going to go for it, as these two did, this is what they did. So they were advised to, number one, know that it is real, take it seriously, but be as goofy as you want, have tons of fun, but know that you are really inviting a real spirit from beyond in and that you are opening a real portal into other realms. So be careful. <laughs> okay. Number two, know your belief system, which maybe ties back to what we were talking about. How are you going to call if you get scared? You know, are you going to call for the help of God, angels, spirit guides, your higher self? It actually says here, or even your cat, it doesn't matter as long as you kind of believe that you can get out of this by calling someone to help you, which I thought was quite interesting. Number three, 
<laughs> After all that and the two cautionary tales, I'm not sure I could do number three. Don't be scared. <laughs> oh. Fear will do two negative things. Fear will prevent it from happening altogether. And this one's even more scary, so I, it, it, it's, it's always an oxymoron, this statement. Fear will bring in the wrong kind of energy, a dark energy that will feed on your fear. <laughs> so if you're sitting about, about to do this, you know, don't be negative, have fun, don't be fearful, because if you do fear, it could get really bad. <laughs> so I'm not sure how this works. Number four, know that this is our realm of existence, that they have to play by your rules. You have the power over you only... They have the power over you only if you give it to them. (laughs) Okay. Number five, have fun with it. (laughs) (laughs) On yet, also be scared. (laughs) Let, Let go of any preconceptions of being evil or bad. Keep it good, healthy and fun. So then, this is how these uh, these two journalists prepared for their evening to see whether they could attract a ghost lover for a one night stand. Uh, they were told: step one, be in a great personal space. Make sure it's clean, happy, and that you're in a good mood. Be, uh, be in your good senses. So I think that's saying don't take drugs or get drunk or anything. Mm-hmm. Number two, prepare your space: candles, incense, mood lighting, sexy music. I'd go for Marvin Gaye myself, but people have different choices. Um, Just as if you were inviting in a real living lover, do not burn sage. That will keep the spirits away. I don't think I've ever burnt sage, so I'm not sure why you would anyway, but sage, no. Number number three, uh, define your space and set its boundaries. So if you're going to track this lover in, you say you're only allowed to come into the bedroom and you're not allowed to go into anywhere else in the house. I think is what they're saying. Okay. Uh, Four, protect your space in whatever way works with your belief system. I don't know what that means. Uh, Five, start doing some slow, deep breathing. Begin visualising your ghostly lover. What is it that she, he, it feels like, etc.? Ask the universe or whoever to send you a ghostly lover. Be very clear that you want it to be a positive, good, loving and light as well as hot experience. Softly add a chant to your breathing, something short that you can repeat easily, like, come to me, loving spirit. Seven, believe. Eight, hopefully you will start feeling sensations. You may hear something, smell something, notice orbs of light or shadow. Hopefully the physical sensations are coming. Often a feeling of pressure on the body, the feel of a soft touch, and then different forms of sexual stimulation. Enjoy it. Nine, throughout your encounter, communicate with the spirit. Make sure there's a mutual respect and that nothing is done or allowed to you that you are not happy or comfortable with. Number ten, when it's over, thank the spirit. You can decide if you want to invite it back or not and close the veil or portal that you opened. Consciously, verbally state that all entities must leave and that you are closing the veil. I'm terrified reading that. I'm never going to give that a try, are you? No, of course not. No, that's literally terrifying. 
So I do mean, you want to? Yeah, go on. No, I was I was just going to say like after hearing that and hearing our stories, yes, never date a ghost, never summon a ghost as a partner. To, like no, just <laughs> well, they be they belong beyond the veil. Well, these two journalists tried. So it was Katie Heaney and Ariana Robolina. Robolini. Twice I've said that wrong. I'm sorry, Ariana. Um, they did give it a go. Katie said, uh, good news for my parents, if they are reading this, I did not have sex with any ghosts, not even close. We didn't even get to first base. I felt nothing, saw nothing, heard nothing. Complete rejection. Ariana says, uh, no sex occurred. Well, okay, no recognisable sex. My hand got tingly. Some have suggested I gave a ghost some hand action. <laughs> That's how you know it's going well. <laughs> but if pressed, I would have to say, no, I don't think so. It occurred to me, why would a ghost lover have chosen my non-dominant hand? But I, get, I did get swept away in the excitement of it all. So they both tried it. One had absolutely nothing whatsoever. One had a slight tingle in their hand, but thought it was a bit of a wheeze and got very excited about the whole thing which maybe sums up what we've been talking about all along this kind of going with the feeling of the excitement it's a fantasy that you can maybe pin some reality around if you see what i mean does that make sense as a statement? yeah that does make sense yeah 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 so i guess what we're saying is that um you would you agree we live in the we live in the reality we construct for ourselves yeah kind of or you know well i just think that last quote from ariana who's basically saying no nothing really happened i got a tingling but to end it by saying i did get swept away in the excitement of it all yeah you know yeah uh, and then well, there's there's something you can do that which is not paranormal, but uh, there's a there's a little exercise you can do if you think about a moment in your life that you're incredibly excited, and you think about it and talk about it out loud, you will feel yourself reliving some of that excitement because the the mind is a very powerful thing, and recognition mm-hmm. of excitement is a very powerful thing. So you, well, I guess what I'm saying is you can see why, you know, you can get swept away in it, especially if you are the, either in a kind of dream state or in that in-between state of being awake and dreaming, not necessarily sleep paralysis and that slightly fantasized state that you get into just before you drop off to sleep. Yeah, I think that's I think that's true. And like, you know, You'll experience this from me when we get out of this lockdown and we're able to go and look for that damn werewolf in the black country. <laughs> I will get swept away in that. And I'm not going to make anything up, but I swear to you, I'm going to be examining every bit of scat and double-checking that does not come from a werewolf. I think we should, <laughs> I think we should maybe end there. I love the fact that we started off this podcast by saying... We want to talk about love and Valentine's Day. And we've ended up (laughs) 
talking about werewolf shit is the last thing we talked about. <laughs> <laughs> Look, until I found some, I'm obsessed with it. <laughs> okay. I lo- I'd, for Valentine's Day, I'll arrange it into some sort of heart shape. But, like, I think <laughs> a lot of people who enjoy getting carried away in these stories, like I do, like we all do, um, if you're having a bit of a bad time this Valentine's Day because, like, we're all locked down and it's all a bit rubbish, don't don't resort to, like, having a date with the supernatural no. uh like go and find something you enjoy believe in yourself and you you don't need to or you don't need actually, to have a relationship with a pirate my tip would be if you want a bit of paranormal experience but you want a lovely movie that's just amazing watch a matter of life and death with david niven oh yeah okay oh i will i will check that i do love david niven actually i think he's fantastic yeah. although there is every time you like this is giving my age away probably only one person listening to this podcast will know what i'm talking about but he did a terrible sitcom in the 80s for the bbc called hell's bells where he played a vicar and it was very much beneath his capabilities beneath his style and he shouldn't have done it and it was the worst thing on telly at that time so okay. don't watch that. Don't watch that. Or go to Wookiee no. Hole. Exactly. Um. <laughs> Plan a trip to Wookiee Hole, hug oh. a dog, feed a cat, uh, and uh, engage with us on our socials. Yes, indeed. So come come and visit us at TQM Podcast. We will, well, we'll do a photo album for this episode, as we always do, on facebook so you can maybe see what some of the people we've been talking about uh look like and some of the some of the things we've been talking about and links to various bits and pieces well i just it's funny isn't it how we start you start these podcasts i thought this was going to be we were just going to be in tears all the way through laughing but actually i did feel at the end it's actually it's a cautionary tale don't you think Oh, it, we can joke it, about it, but you know, either it's real and people need to be incredibly careful of it, or it's not real and people need to be very careful of it. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, uh, like if if I think like we started this by saying like there's a lot of references to this in culture all over. If you've never heard it before, or you have heard it but you can't remember the lyrics. After you finish listening to us, go and listen to Kate Bush and Wuthering Heights. And that is a cautionary tale about having a relationship with a supernatural entity performed uh, by the musical genius that is Kate Bush. Kate Bush? Kate Bush. Kate Bush. And that will that that song pretty much tells you everything you need to know about having a relationship with a ghost. Yeah. All right. I think we'll let Kate Bush have the last word. <laughs> As I was saying to her the other night. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I had a crush on her when I was 14. Yeah, I, I, I went to her last gig as well. Oh, that's amazing. Oh. Love, love Kate Bush. Yeah. Well, maybe let's maybe we should we, we should do an episode dedicated to Kate Bush. Just the genius that is Kate Bush. Yeah, I think we should definitely should. 
Okay. On that note, we will uh, we will see you next week uh, in a less of a romantic mood, but we'll still be here on the quantum mechanics. Absolutely. Keep running up that hill. See you next time. <laughs>